The picture on the screen uh, shows a, is a picture of a person standing on a ledge and they're in a precarious position. Uh, what you don't see is that there's a hand above that person reaching down for them to help them. Uh, below are rocks and crashing waves and the situation the person is in or is pictured to be in is that that person needs to be saved. And maybe the picture describes where you are or how you feel. Maybe you feel that way spiritually. You feel that you're in danger. You, you feel that you're about to fall. Maybe you always feel that way, a little insecure in your spiritual life. Well, this morning, I would like to take one single verse from the book of Hebrews. I absolutely love the book of Hebrews. It is a fantastic book. And this verse sort of sums up the first I guess seven chapters of the book of Hebrews. The, the writer had been heading in this direction, hammering home this argument, and he sums it up in one verse, and that is verse uh, 25 of the seventh chapter. And my purpose this morning is to show you this verse and then to break it apart that we might understand what God is saying to us through it. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, understanding now that it comes... Uh, at the conclusion of a, a series of chapters that where the, the writer has built a tremendous argument on the, superior, the, superior, the superiority of the Lord Jesus Christ, how everything he's done is better, the sacrifice he's made is better, uh, the covenant he makes with us is better. There are a whole series of betters in the, in the book of Hebrews, and they're all about the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says in this verse... Therefore, on the basis of all that's been said, and we can't say all of that this morning, but we're going to look at his conclusion. Therefore, he, that's Jesus, is able to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Now, what I'd like to do is also look at this verse out of the King James Version, where it uses a different word, in um, chapter 7, verse 25, rather than forever, he, it says he is able to save to the uttermost. And so that is the title of my message this morning, Saved to the Uttermost. And so what I would like us to do is to consider what that means. What does it mean? What does this verse mean when it says that Jesus is able to save to the uttermost or save forever? Well, the first thing it says in this verse is that Jesus is able. When you talk about salvation from a Christian perspective, you talk about Jesus. Many people look at themselves and their ability to do, to do what needs to be done to be saved. But salvation, coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, and then being secure in what He's done is not about you, it's about Him and about what He's done. Salvation is not about your ability to be good. Salvation is not about your ability to change your own life. It's not about your ability in any shape, form, or fashion. Salvation is a work of Christ from start to finish. And the New Testament makes this abundantly clear. He is able, you can put your trust in Him, and He will never disappoint you. In the New Testament, over and over, in case after case, Circumstance after circumstance, Jesus proved that he was able. 
at the sick bed or at the deathbed, he proved that he was able. With the sin sick and with the heart sick, the Lord Jesus proved that he was able. So you can come to Jesus with absolute confidence in his ability. The writer of Hebrews has built this great argument to say to us that in Jesus, salvation has arrived. He is able to be saved. Now you might be thinking, well... I know he can save, but what if after I am saved, I'm tempted? I run into temptation. I run into a battle with the devil. Well, in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18, the Bible says there, He is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. And you say, well, I know my heart, and I know if it depends on me, I will fall. But the New Testament says... And you're absolutely right when you say that. If it depends on you, you will fall. But in Jude chapter 1, verse 24, the Bible says, He is able to keep you from falling and to present you spotless before the throne of His glory. Are you able? Have you been able to keep yourself from falling? Have you been able to keep your hands clean in your own strength and your own power and your heart pure? No, you can't do that. But He is able to keep you from falling and to present you spotless before the throne of His glory. So the first thing this verse simply says to us is that He is able to save. Second, it says to us, and this is a tremendous truth, He is able to save to the uttermost. Now, in the New American Standard Bible, it says that when Jesus saves you, He saves you forever. It's the same Greek word, and they mean the same thing. I just like the tune and tone of this word, uttermost. He saves you to the uttermost, which means that when Jesus saves you, you are not halfway saved or almost saved. You are saved and you are safe. You are saved to the uttermost. I like that word, uttermost. Because it means to the farthest extent. It means to the deepest part. It means to the darkest part. It means saved to the full extent of salvation. It means saved right now. And it means saved as far as the eye can see or the mind can comprehend. It means saved in the present. And it means saved in the future. He is able to save to the uttermost forever. Have you ever taken your car to be repaired? Uh, because it was making this weird noise. You know how cars can make strange noises and, and you don't know what's wrong with it and you go to the mechanic and you try to tell the mechanic about this noise your car is making. He doesn't have a clue about what you're talking about, but he says, bring it in, I'll check it out. And he looks at it and he calls you and he says, your car's fixed and you drive it home and before you get it home, it's making that same noise again. It wasn't fixed. Or maybe they fixed it and it broke again before you could get it home. Let me assure you, Jesus guarantees His work. And once He saves you, He guarantees His salvation, your salvation. It's not about your strength. It's not about your ability. It is about His ability. And I want you to look at some verses of Scripture, if you would, with me. You'll need to look these up in your Bible. The first one is John chapter 17, verse 12. Jesus praying before the Father prior to His crucifixion, praying uh, concerning His disciples. He said to the Father, He said, While I was with them, I was keeping them in Your name, which You have given Me, and I guarded them. 
And not one of them has perished, but the son of perdition, that the scripture would be fulfilled. And then in John chapter 10, verses 27 through 30, Jesus said, My sheep, my sheep, hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. And then in 1 Peter chapter three, chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, Peter, uh, seeing this great truth that the writer of Hebrews talked about, he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. And then Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you, that good work of salvation, Jesus brought it into being, he began it, and he will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. And Paul also said in 1 Timothy, we sing a song, based on this, or we used to, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. For I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that He is able to keep what I have entrusted unto Him until that day. Saved and saved to the uttermost. Not by what you can do, but because of His work, He is able to save to the uttermost. Not only is He able to save to the uttermost, but also, the Bible tells us here that He's able to save the utter worst. The utter worst. Now, you may sense that as you sit in this sanctuary today that you are the farthest person from God in the room or the farthest person from God on the planet. You may even sense that you are too far gone to be saved. You say, I'm the utter worst. Paul said that about himself. He said, the Lord saved me to show that He can save anybody because of all sinners, I am chief. In other words, Paul said, I'm the utter worst. Let me tell you what, if God is speaking to your heart, you only hear from God at His initiative, and today, if you hear His voice, the Bible says you must respond no matter how where you are, no matter how far you feel from God, or how dreadfully sinful and hopeless you feel, because He is able to save even the utter worst to the uttermost, which means fully and forever. He's able to save the utter, to the uttermost, but who is able to be saved? Now, there's one other thing that this, or several other things, but here's one other thing the verse seems to say. It seems to say that He's able to save those who simply draw near to God. And so people in the 21st century 
are trying to draw near to God. They're looking for God. They're hungry for God. They're, they're attempting to draw near to God. And maybe that's why you've come to church today. You have this sense that you have a need for God, and so you're trying to draw near. You're seeking God. Does Jesus save those who seek to draw near to God? No. Now that might be a little shocking to you, but I want to make it clear. You may sense that you have a need for God. You may be on a journey looking for God. You can be sincere. You can be praying for, for God to reveal Himself to you. Will Jesus save you simply because you sense you have a need for God? Now, the answer to that is no. And that might be shocking to you. It might trouble you. It might frighten you. But it's the absolute truth of Scripture, and it's the emphasis of this great book of Hebrews. Because you see, the argument that the writer of Hebrews makes is that for thousands of years, the Jews had been seeking to draw near to God by offering thousands upon thousands of sacrifices that could never save. They prayed tens of thousands of prayers that could never save. They came to the Word of God, seeking God, but that in itself could never save. You might be seeking to come near to God by reading your Bible. You say, well, I hope I'm going to be saved because I read my Bible every day. Well, you can read your Bible through 10,000 times and not be saved. Jesus said in John chapter 5, verses 39 through 40, this is what Jesus said. This is what Jesus said, John 5, 39 through 40. He said, you search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these, he says, it is these that testify about me. But you are unwilling to come to me that you might have life. The fact that you have a desire in your heart to draw near to God is a good thing. It's an evidence that God is at work drawing you. He is speaking to you. He wants you to come to Him. He wants to save you. But the only way you can be saved, the only way that you can truly draw near to God is through Jesus Christ. And that's what the verse says. He is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through Him. Why is that? Why can't we be saved by simply drawing near to God? Because, as I told the children this morning, we don't have clean hands, and we don't have pure hearts. We have dirty hands before God, our minds are dirty, our souls are dirty, our heart is dirty. God said to Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 22, Jeremiah said, well, I can go and I... Maybe I can wash my hands and get them clean. I'll go get some of the finest soap. I'll go down to the grocery store and I'll buy some bleach and I'll get all the germs off my hands and, and my hands will be clean. And the Lord said to Jeremiah, although you wash yourself with lye and use much soap, the stain of your iniquity is ever before me. You ever done something bad and thought you could go take a shower and get cleaned up and feel better about it? It doesn't work, does it? I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And as sinners, we're not permitted to come near to God. You have to have clean hands and a pure heart. And the only way you get that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. God is holy and righteous, but you already know that there's nothing holy and righteous about you. There's nothing holy and righteous about me because the Bible says that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
and so there's none good, no, not one. If you attempt to draw near to God on your own goodness, the Bible tells us that we'll be turned away. And that was taught over and over in the Old Testament. No ordinary person could draw near to God. As a matter of fact, and the writer of Hebrews, making this argument all the way up to this point, said, reminded these folks that only the high priest could approach God. Only the high priest. And then only once a year, one time every year, he could approach God, he could go into the temple, into the Holy of Holies, and then he couldn't go in there without blood. He had to make a sacrifice for his own sins. He had to bring blood to make a And he had to make a sacrifice for the sins of the people, to make atonement for the sins of the people. And he had to do that over and over and over and over and over and over. And then the high priest would die. And another high priest would have to do it over and over and over again. But no ordinary person could approach God. And it was to show them that they were under God's judgment. We need to be saved. Uh, you know, you ever been haunted by a sense of dread you're not able to identify? Uh, sometimes that you can't put your finger on what it is that causes you to shudder. You just feel like there's a dread or a gloom hanging over you and you're not able to shake it. In the Old Testament, there was one story where David had sinned against God and he didn't even realize he'd sinned against God until God came and showed him. And that's another thing. You can't realize the extent of your sinfulness and your unrightness with God until God reveals that to you. And when he reveals it to you, you begin to get this sense of dread that you're under the judgment of God. The judgment of God is hanging over your head and something bad is going to happen. God reveals that to you. Only God can reveal that to you. No sermon can let you know that. Only God can reveal that to you. And so God revealed to David that he sinned, and he looked up and he saw this destroying angel coming, and he was swinging his sword right and left, and people were dying right and left. Right and left, and the judgment of God was on its way to David's own home and to David's own family. And David realized the judgment of God was about to fall on him. And the Bible tells us about how David cried out to God in repentance and about how he offered a sacrifice then to stop the judgment of God. Now you need to be saved, and Jesus is able to save. He's able to save to the uttermost, even the utter worst, but he saves only those who draw near to God through him. Jesus is our high priest. He offered His blood as a sacrifice for our sin. And He only had to do that once, and it was done. It was done forever. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through Me. Your only hope of salvation is that Jesus died for you. He died for your sins. He died in your place and when you come to God through Jesus Christ putting your faith in him your confidence in him in who he is and in what he has done trusting him to cling to you trusting him to protect you from the judgment of God then you are saved and safe you are saved to the uttermost you are saved forever not because of anything that you've done but because of what Jesus has done for you when he died on the cross and presented His blood before God as a sacrifice for your sins. 
the first emperor of the Qin Dynasty of China, is the emperor who began the construction of the Great Wall. He, we are told, amassed an army of a million men. He was great and powerful, but he dreaded death. He was so afraid to die that he wanted an army of soldiers buried with him. Now, as far as anybody knew, that was a legend until 1974. You know this story, I'm sure, that some Chinese farmers accidentally discovered that army of terracotta soldiers buried to protect the grave of an emperor who was afraid of death. There is a reason to fear death. There is a reason to feel judgment, and there is a reason to, to feel that we need some protection from judgment, and there's only, only one hope of escape, and that hope of escape is not in an army, it's in the ministry of a high priest, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. The fact that you can be saved is based on the sacrificial death of Jesus on the cross, but the fact that you can stay saved, that you can live free from God's judgment is based on another fact, and that is His high priestly ministry in the presence of God. Not only did He die for your sins, but this verse also says He's able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through Him, since He always lives to make intercession for them. John Piper made this statement. He said, If to be saved forever we need Christ to intercede for us forever with God, then what is the implication about what we need saving from? Have you ever thought about that? What in the world do I need saving from? The implication is that we need to be saved from God. Specifically, we need to be saved from the wrath of God that burns against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. Christ can save us forever from the wrath of God because He intercedes forever with God. He continually puts Himself between the Father as an asbestos shield against His white-hot anger against sin. There's something to fear. There's a deep dread that hangs over the head of every person on this earth, and that fear is not the fear of war or the fear of an enemy. It is or the fear of death. It's the fear of a holy God who the Bible tells us is a consuming fire. And those who think that their uh, goodness or self-described righteousness ensures them a place in heaven need, doesn't understand their own depravity or the holiness of God. You've not seen yourself as God sees you, nor have you seen God for who He is. If you think... Uh, that, is because, that it's because you walked the aisle of a church and prayed or were baptized that you'll go to heaven, then you don't understand the gospel. Paul said in Romans chapter 5, verses 9 and 10, Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through Him. That's through Jesus. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, how much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. The Bible says He is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through Him. Is that because He died? Well, according to the writer of Hebrews, it's because He lives. 
He lives always to make intercession for us before God. He's continually presenting His blood before the throne of God because we're sinners and we need to be saved. And we put our, when we put our trust in Christ, we're being saved every day by His continued ministry for us. And should His ministry cease, our salvation would cease. So because of Christ and His work on the cross, you're not halfway saved or almost saved. You're saved to the farthest extent. You're saved to the deepest part. You're saved to the darkest part. You're saved to the full extent of salvation. It means saved right now and saved as far as the eye can see or the mind can comprehend. It means saved in the present and it means saved in the future. If you are saved, you're saved because you have drawn near to God through Jesus who always lives to make intercession for you. And because of Jesus... And because of your trust in Him and His work on the cross for you and His work in the Holy of Holies of Heaven for you, you are saved completely, forever. I didn't say that. The Bible says that. To the uttermost, even if you're the utter worst, you can find salvation in Jesus. Let's pray.